1: Hey history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past, rediscovered. These days, we demand answers from our food. Is it organic, all natural, non-GMO? We check labels and obsessively read articles about ingredients that cause or prevent cancer. It wasn't always this way, though. For decades, even centuries, it was sort of like what teachers tell school children on Cupcake Day: chocolate, vanilla, or sprinkles. Hey, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. That is until 1959, when the country's awareness of what's in our food was kick-started by a panic over one single piece of food: a berry. It was just weeks before Thanksgiving when Arthur Fleming, the secretary of what was then called the U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, made a startling announcement. Cranberries in the Pacific Northwest had been contaminated by a weed killer that was known to cause cancer in rats. He advised people to be on the safe side and avoid buying cranberries with uncertain origins. Well, the reaction was swift. Grocery chains removed cranberry products from their shelves. Restaurants cut them from their menus. Berries were dropping like flies. Newspapers ran front page stories on the issue for weeks. They offered recipes of alternative side dishes for Thanksgiving. Things like lingonberries and pickled pear. One article covered the very important news that the Department of Agriculture had served a pie containing a mix of apples and cranberries in its cafeteria. A manager promised no more would be served until the controversy was cleared up. Suddenly, the public's vocabulary included a new and very hard-to-pronounce word, aminotriazole. That was the name of the herbicide that had been detected in the cranberries. Oh, and the name Food and Drug Administration. The little known agency that had first detected the contamination was at the forefront of solving it. It was tasked with finding a way to test massive amounts of cranberries in time for Turkey Day. Imagine the anxiety that must have produced for investigators, I mean, this is Thanksgiving we're talking about. At one point, the FDA dedicated a fourth of its staff just to cranberries. The agency's chemists worked around the clock testing berries, not by the handful, but by the trainload. Days before Thanksgiving, the government announced that it had cleared more than 7 million pounds of canned and bagged cranberries. It also announced an emergency labeling system to distinguish tested cranberries. Cranberries in grocery stores were marked with prominent signs reading approved and certified. Sound familiar? According to an FDA historian, this was the first time people learned to pay attention when the FDA said something, and it marked the start of the agency's rise into a more prominent public position. In the end, none of it was enough to save the cranberry that year. Cranberry sales for Thanksgiving in 1959 dropped by 70%. They were still down 50% by Christmas. But the incident left us with a lasting awareness of the importance of food regulation. And with this fantastic little tidbit Of political history. In mid-November, at the height of the Cranberry Panic, then Vice President Richard Nixon made a show of eating not one, but four helpings of cranberries at a dinner in Wisconsin to show support for the berry. Not to be outdone, that same night, Senator John F. Kennedy, who was preparing to run for president, drank two glasses of cranberry juice Of their brave feet, Kennedy reportedly said, We both have eaten them, and I feel fine. But if we both pass away, I feel I shall have performed a great public service by taking the vice president with me. And that, dear listeners, is probably the only bit of trash talking a politician has ever uttered concerning berries. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Teresa Vargas, who reported this story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.
0: The Washington Post has a new daily podcast, Post Reports, hosted by me, Martine Powers. Every weekday afternoon, we're bringing you stories about the state of the country, the world, and how we come to know the things we know. Get it now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn